America. My name is Amir Seifenpong. I come to you every Thursday about this time. And today we're going to talk about uh, family politics and the distinction between family politics and abortion politics. Because abortion politics is a thing. It's just not the same as family politics and it's not the same as gender politics. We have a uh, we have a problem because there's a certain class of there's a certain class political class honestly these are professional white women who want to think that their politics is all politics like if it happens to them and if they feel like it's an issue that means it should become the biggest issue in gender politics and the biggest issue in family politics when really it's just the biggest issue that happens to them and since they take up so much room in the debate everyone else is supposed to just accept their priorities right so there was a um I want to say, you know, I am pro-choice. I, I think, you know, people should be able to get an abortion when they want to have an abortion. I also think it's horribly punishing to have kids in the United States. And so uh, both culturally and materially. So as long as family planning politics like overwhelms life politics, life planning politics, then that's a bigger problem than just abortion. And it's a bigger problem that's not solved by abortion. Pretty much you shouldn't be punished for having kids. Like it's a matter, it's a quality, it's a kind of freedom. Planning your family is a kind of family planning. So you shouldn't be um, like in the same way that you shouldn't be punished for being poor, like with respect to your citizenship. Um, you should be able to vote when you're poor. You should be able to be a legal subject. You should be have access to government, um, uh, a lawyer when you're poor. And you should have um, access to a job when you're poor and work in civil society. You also should have access to uh, be able to have a family when you're poor. The problem is right now, raising a family is very expensive. Like it's, To do it well and to do it responsibly, it's very expensive and exhausting. And we need to understand that if we're going to be serious about um, family rights, like upholding freedom, we have to uh, uphold also the freedom that can only happen through kind of the immediate connections of a family. I wrote a piece about this. Uh, you can go to my Twitter account to find it, but it's how the left actually could get better at, at, at family policy, at, at, at family politics. But instead of actually getting better at family politics, you know, the, the liberal women who care about abortion and to a certain extent sexual assault are just very loud and it's the only problems they have so that they assume that nobody and they're very self-satisfied so they assume that nobody else has other competing problems right and they'll say like well you know black women get abortion too yeah because black women get abortions oftentimes because it's very expensive and punishing to have a kid and you have these white liberal women have no interest in actually the quality of family politics which will include childcare and um child care child stipends look you have in france they have someone come to your house a few times a week to help you like manage your house because having a family like is actually taxing so if we actually built the cultural and material in, in um infrastructure to uphold families and and like also made uh families not terribly punishing on civil society then it would be the case that uh you know i don't think black people would have as many abortions um, because I, 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 I think right now, but right now we can't even imagine a world where having a family is not punishing. There's this great article. Well, it's not great, but it's a good article. Um, uh, um, that talks about bats. It's in philosophy. I'm not going to bore you with the details of the article, but the, 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 the logic of the argument is that we have no idea what it is to be a bat. We have no idea what it is to be a bat. Uh, echolocation, not being able to see, all of that, like that life and form of sensory 
um, uh, input and perception and getting around the world and, and perception and just uh, moving about the world is so different than everything that we experience that we really don't really have any idea to be a bat, what it's like to be a bat. We don't know what bats think, how bats perceive themselves in the world. And that's completely foreign um, to how we understand uh, like echolocation versus sight and hearing. Because we hear, but we don't echolocate. So that's going to be completely different than, and, and so when we say, well, bats would do this or bats would do that, we really have no idea what it is to be a bat. That's kind of like Americans right now saying, well, you know, um, uh, women would have abortions even if they had, the abortions would stay the same even if we had all of the supports necessary. No, we have no idea what it's like to have a culture. It's so far removed from what our culture is of families that if we fixed the, the child care, the worker punishment you get um, in civil society for having a kid, if we fixed the expense and the drama um, and we just kind of made everything kind of lower stakes and higher supported and all the extra work and we had like, you know, domestic housekeepers and like if we had all of the social and political infrastructure that actually upheld family freedom, if we just taught people, like, honestly, more than whatever your high school health class had, like, if, you, if people actually had real content about what goes into parenting, because I'm actually a pretty good parent. I know it might be a surprise. And, and some of you guys might not believe it, but I actually am pretty good at this parenting game. Um, and, uh, and it's because I, like, actually have a rich cultural sense of life. So if we actually generalize the quality of both knowledge and resources that I'm able to expend on my kids for everyone to expend on their kids. We don't have any idea what abortion numbers would look like. We don't have any idea what abortion numbers would look like. Right? We like we I or the way people would talk about family plan like it would be so different. It would be like trying to um trying to uh, you know, put yourself in the place of a bat. It's so far removed from what we're doing that that it would become it would become almost unrecognizable because right now it's just so punishing. And so, yeah, liberal white women are like, well, if you don't like your family, you can always have the abortion. <laughs> we're not going to fight for any of the other things that make like having families um, worthwhile because they can afford those other things for the most like when they want to for the most part. Or they like uh, the choices they have. So they're like, well, you know, um, uh, abortion's appropriate form of uh, family planning. And that's like the libertarian liberal uh, conception of, of the issue. I mean, we're seeing the failure of my body, my rules uh, writ large when you talk about masks and vaccine debates. Right? It was always a bad argument. It was always even a bad argument for marijuana. A buddy was saying that, like, look, when the marijuana debate happened, people were like, well, you know, personal choice and personal responsibilities. You can't tell other people what to smoke and all of that. And it turned out that was a crappy argument because everybody knew that having a society of stoned people, was, like, there was a social interest and consequences of having a society of, of, of drugs and drug pushers around. Right? So the idea that... Um, it was their body, their rules. It was ridiculous. However, when we make the argument more robust and say, like, look, there are social consequences to having marijuana, but um, prohibition is a pain in the ass and it's stupid, then it becomes an issue. 
then it becomes like, well, yeah, prohibition is stupid. We don't want to put people in jail for marijuana. That's kind of dumb. Um, and, you know, it's impossible to police. So prohibition's dumb. So it might be easy to legalize it. Plus, you know, you throw on top of that, white people figured they could make a ton of money. So that's the legalizing rhetoric that actually worked. Not marijuana is a my choice, my body rule, but that prohibition is dumb and ridiculous and unworkable and a waste of resources, right? I actually think that would be a better um, uh, abortion argument because the my body, my rules abortion argument assumes that nobody else has an interest or there isn't a social or political interest in having a culture of near infanticide. The idea that you go to jail for a long time if you murder an infant, but like somehow you should be able to kill a kid who's viable like at eight months or whatever or seven months that's like that's going to be a problem that, that that should be a problem right and the people who think that's a problem like i said i'm pro-choice but the people who think that's a problem they're not like they're not wrong wrong <laughs> um i think that's a viable political opinion that 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 differs from mine so the people who are anti-late-term abortions especially in a world and this isn't our world but in a world with like contraception, good available contraception, knowledge, um, the morning after pills, and like all of these other like healthcare that includes the ability to get the procedure like a few weeks, um, like for free, a few weeks after conception, all of these other issues. Um, I think, I think they have, uh, they, the, the people who want to ban late term abortions actually like, they have an argument. We don't, like, it's bad to have a culture of near infanticide. It's lazy. And this idea that there's like, well, you know, you shouldn't make me do anything. Like I said, the only, the only argument, the only people for whom this makes sense to are um, white women who we don't make do a lot of things. <laughs> they, they, they're confused. They're, so since they're, they're not actually oppressed, um, in terms of like, they're not actual like in the political world in the same way in the social world in the same way. So they don't understand how coercive the social world is like normally. Nobody gets to do what they want to when they want to. And uh, for a lot of them, they're coming out of a, a historical memory where they uh, uh, got to do whatever their husband let them and weren't allowed to do whatever their husband or father didn't lead them to do. So they think that like all, um, all uh, coercion is oppression. Meanwhile, it turns out their husband and father was always being coerced and oppressed by like the outer society and just kind of fought military and did all sorts of things and just kind of got used to the fact of coercion um, and oppression in life. <laughs> like that's what it meant to be an adult and living with other adults. And uh, you'll find a lot of white women say things like, well, no woman should go to jail for, for having an abortion. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess no woman should go to jail for having an abortion. But a lot of that, a lot of that comes from the, just our inability to put women in jail. Like, like you're writing on a cultural motif that pretty much says like, we don't jail white women. So of course you don't want to jail them for abortion because like we're not used to jailing them for anything at all. Like you pretty much, according to this graph, you pretty much have to do cocaine off of a police officer's badge while reaching for his gun to go into jail. So yeah, 
if that's the status quo, then um, then of course, like like you don't want to break that for uh, an abortion. But like everybody else knows that you know, jail is a viable is a is a viable consequence. Well, especially black men knows that jail is a viable consequence of breaking laws. So let, um, so the idea that like no woman should go to jail is for for an abortion is I don't know. I don't think people should go to jail in general. <laughs> but I don't think abortion's any worse or better than some of the other things we put people in jail for, especially once we make all of the options and the and the um the raft of 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 like contraception and supports available right and this whole idea that like no one should be forced to do what they don't want to do with their body no people are forced to do what they don't want to do with their body all the time is this one of the things well i don't know i mean dale is pretty much forcing people to do something with their body that they don't want to do so like that's (laughs) it's that's uh, that's like so you wanted so you're you're a prison abolitionist if you think that nobody should do um be forced to do with their body something that they don't want to do you're a prison abolitionist because like you lose control of all like your your body explicitly stops becoming to you the military too like your body stops becoming um uh your uh, ceases to be yours rather quickly right so that my body, my rules, it was always a stupid argument. It's a stupid argument when we're talking about abortion. It's a stupid argument when we're talking about masks. It's a stupid argument when we're talking about vaccinations. We always have to figure out, like, all right, so what kind of society, what kind of culture do we want to live with and exercise our individuality within? Do we want one? Um, and so I can say this, as like I said, I'm, I'm pro-choice, uh, but I don't think, like, my enemies aren't necessarily the pro-life crowd. <laughs> Um, I, th- that actually makes sense to me. They are, my enemies are a crowd who don't think that we need, you know, childcare, uh, f- like secured unionized jobs, um, vacation time, parental leave, uh, sick days for both when your kid gets sick and when, and when you get sick, uh, uh you know, like I would be okay. I think possibly stay at home parents would get like a different track in the professional development so that they could put like, you know, staying at home for their kids on the resume and they get fast tracked to like different quality of, of higher administration jobs. Um, so I like, I I'm open to all of that. And that's a, as a matter of family and civil politics, but just to think that abortion is your reproductive and family politics, like kind of has a very narrow conception of the family. It's actually regressive. Right, because pretty much what you're saying is my body is my rules, and you could see that that goes into or leads to the argument for my responsibility. Right, so if it's your choice to have a child, then it's your responsibility, and nobody else can say anything about like you know what that means and any of that. Then it's your responsibility to feed and clothe and sustain that child. You're on your own. Um, it you and if you can't do it, then that's your fault because uh, you made a bad choice. You should have gotten an abortion. Right, I don't want, like this is, like I here's the deal. I want to legalize sex work because I think it can be a viable like job for people who want to go into that profession. <laughs> legalize it with all the uh, um, conditions. 
I don't want anyone to be coerced into sex work. Uh, I'd say like, well, you know, if you really cared about the family, then you'd go out and, you know, shake that butt and um, bring home the bacon, right? I want to legalize abortions. I don't think anyone should be socially or since we're in a neoliberal society, and this is an argument you can't, you don't hear very much, um, otherwise coerced into abortion, like socially pressured to have an abortion because it would screw up all of their life. That is a form of coercion. If you have an abortion because like it screws up all of your life chances, that is a form of coercion. And that's, I mean, that's no small number of abortions right now. Right? So we're okay with that kind of coercion because that coercion might be less prevalent in the, uh, you know, the wealthy white woman world. But that's still a form of coercion that we're pretty much okay about. Like anybody who's had an abortion because they can't afford the kid or having the kid would screw up their chances because of our current policies is coerced into having an abortion. And that's, and that's an, a problem. That's a problem. And the people who aren't serious about getting rid of that problem, I don't think are serious about family politics, nor are they serious about gender politics because insofar as that would disproportionately affect women. But that's just not an argument you have because like the arguments decided by a class of liberal white women who really, um, um, who really just don't care about anybody except themselves and don't think that anybody who like, doesn't have problems that they don't have like have problems right so like that's so you want to get coercion out of family um um politics and that means you need you need actually like policies that uphold families and in the absence of that and when you just give someone abortion it's actually functionally regressive because you're privatizing what is really a public responsibility um, to uphold families, right? And you're saying like, no, we're not going to give you the policies that uphold families. Instead, we're going to say that all gender politics comes down to abortion politics. And that's just, that's not, or like a, a, a primary um, form of gender politics comes down to abortion politics. And that's just not true, nor is that appropriate. And insofar as it all is true, it's because it's a narrow um, slice of, like I said, professional class white women get to set the discourse for everybody else. And since they're the ones with power, like they, um, like everybody else has to play on their terms. So you have a lot of like non-white women saying like abortion politics is the most important feminist issue. Yeah, it's because like white women d like decide what is the most important issue for women. Right? And that's a problem, right? So, um, we need to expand family politics to actually include all of the things that go into like raising a healthy family. And I understand that abortion politics might not, is not even the most important part of family politics. In the same way that um, right now the mask mandates and the COVID uh, vaccination talk has very little to do, the mask mandates and the vaccination mandates actually has very little to do with the danger of COVID and everything with the anxiety of uh, like a certain class of people. <laughs> um, and right now the abortion talk has very little 
to do with actually kids. Nobody, nobody's caring about uh, like abortion is caring about the kids. Uh, either on either side of the debate, almost is really caring about the kids. Right now, all of those are just, um, uh, you know, power plays over control over bodies. And at the heart of both of them, I think at the heart of both of those campaigns is like an unwillingness to recognize that no, you do not have control over your body. You do not have 100% control over your body. The social interest, ha there's a social interest in what you ingest and what you do to your body and the culture that um, um, uh, promotes, right? And so, like, and this is one thing conservatives have an idea about marriage. Like, there's a, con there's a social interest in making sure that, like, no-fault divorce doesn't run rampant. Apparently, there are studies that say that, like, once one person in a friend group gets divorced, it kind of metastasizes in a way. There's also a social interest in it making sure that people have good, healthy marriages, right? So conservatives are right. that like, actually, someone else's marriage is my business in a way that, like, if they divorce and, and like normalize a culture of divorce that actually affects, um, if we think of divorce as like the solution to marriage problems insofar as, especially in the black community where we just make, it's mar marriages are hard because of external constraints and external stressors, both of financial and social and political stressors that make, and family stressors that make black um, families like harder than most. Like the solution to that isn't divorce. The solution to that, the liberal white solution to that is divorce. The real solution to that is actually we just need better social policies that make black families um, viable, right? So like abortion, like a lot of other liberal policies actually just degrade institutions and disproportionately degrade black institutions. And um, when you find like a lot of black people aping like liberal white talking points, that's just because some sort of tacit understanding that liberal whites um, run, set the table for the world, and that's, that's the problem. <laughs> so you get uh, black people like aping for like, no-fault divorce because they don't want to actually, because um, as opposed to fighting for the quality of labor and family programs, that would actually support like, black civil and family life, right? It's easier just to ape the, the divorce talk because uh, it's kind of seeding to a dominant group that they actually control like what's possible in the world. And in the, in the world that they think they, they decide is possible, black people never get jobs or, or, um, uh, or like be able to support like um, their family in traditional ways so that like the, the option for divorce becomes like are both a racial and a gender justice issues, right? So it, you have to you have to watch, you have to watch the way that liberal solutions assume a world situation and a world social and a world and a, and a politics that is fundamentally degraded to begin with, right? Hope this has been useful. If you like anything I say, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. That way I'll keep saying because depending on who you talk to, uh, talking like this like makes me a bad gender traitor, makes me a, uh, a horrible man, makes me uh, down white unemployable. But 
I think I'm actually just giving people better arguments for how to make sense of their life and why they're confused in it. So go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5.15 or $50, uh, $5.15 or $50 a month. And I would be at least grateful. And it'll go to my kids' lesson. And right now, I get to go help them with homework, which I love doing. Hey, uh, want to come say hi to the people? <laughs> you don't have any homework? No. Come, come say hi to the people. My kid just got home from school. Say hi, people. Hi. Hi. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's go. And uh, I will see you uh, next week about this time.